You know what? You know what? You know what's really funny? What? <laughs> I was going to use leave this in as a little bit of an Easter egg for you, but you know, instead of I was testing my own mic, uh huh, and instead of you know like the classic like testing one two, uh-huh. I was I also found that if you say Nick is a bitch, Nick is a bitch, Nick is a bitch, <laughs> it works. You can test it quite well as well. Yeah, you, you get the full range of emotion in there as well. You can see how loud you're realistically going to speak because it it's true. It's the true kind of test. It is. I'm and not I was just scream saying testing one two three, but I will <laughs> scream. Michael's yeah. a bitch. Michael's a bitch. I was just, I was just only over here doing. just going, Nick is a bitch, Nick is a bitch. And then all of a sudden I could hear your voice going, oh, I can hear you. I was like, whoa, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sir. I apologize. Uh, um, testing. 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 I, testing. I've come home a little buzz, so, so I'm going to. Did you, you know was, did you turn well, around for me? Were you, were you out? I was out. I, 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 this is how pathetic this is. I came home just for this. Don't say that. I'm I'm a person. Like you can you can talk in the abstract about the podcast, but I asked if you wanted to catch up and you said yes. Don't get on the fucking pod and then be like, oh, this talk about fucking lame-o. I turned around, I was out with my friends, came home to speak to a friend over the internet. Yeah, that's but like how, lame real, am I, that's how lame am I? Man. Oh, how lame yeah. is that? Went home. Speak to no, a friend. No, but how and lame you say is that it to that, my face? How lame is it that I I would rather be doing this? I was out with my friends, I was having a time, and I thought, nah, I'd rather be chatting um, to my cyber friend. <laughs> okay, see now that you've called me a cyber friend, that makes me sound a lot cooler. This is not lame anymore. Now you're talking cyber friends. Okay, yeah. So in your circles, it's yeah. cooler that you're a cyber friend. Yeah. yeah. My, no, not in mine. Not for you. We're very different people. Yeah. Also, oh, okay. you looks like you looks like. Yeah. Okay. So this is where the slurring okay. starts. Okay. Um, you look like you're wearing those like cricketer glasses. Cricketer glasses. Yeah. As in, like I'm standing out in the field all day, and I've got those wraparound shades. You look like that. Are you sick? Of, you're, you you sound poorly. Yeah. Apologies in advance, everyone. I've I, got a little bit of a little bit of do, a lurgy. Do I sound? Do I sound as well? You just sound slightly intoxicated. I think you can get away with it. Oh, you're a real piece of shit, Nick. That's not an insult. I'm saying that like I like people think of me as sort of the eloquent, uh, well-spoken, you know, put together one, and with that comes a certain sonorous tone of voice that people have come to love on the podcast Dude. but uh yeah. on the michael end of the podcast the uh slightly shall we say audibly challenged side of the podcast wow. uh with the varying volume levels and the wow. occasional static bleeps mm. i think you know i think the audience is is not going to feel or notice as much um any sort of <laughs> uh flu or or perhaps beverage that you've had before this yeah should should we rename this um nick or and lucky dip Maybe should <laughs> yeah yeah it has been a bit rough the last few times i'm not sure why but maybe this what? will be the one in what sense oh just or 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 audibly no i was I just... thinking i was thinking today that uh no 
I was thinking that the audio had been quite good. I think it's definitely got better since we've both had proper mics and and everything's fine. It just it's not so much in the end product that's noticeable. It's just more when I'm fiddling around with it. But that's right. neither here nor there for for the people at home. Well, for for Christmas, <coughs> I will. I'm going to ask for a for a proper microphone. Oh, that's a nice idea. So we can kick this up a notch. Do you have Have you sent your letter to Santa? I I I haven't sent my letters to Santa. How long does it take without? I can't afford express post. Yeah, that's true. It's probably going to be like thirty dollars, and that yeah. might be six to eight weeks. So yeah. y- you might be pushing it, but he could get you something for like January twentieth. Would you be happy with a Christmas present then? Um, I actually kind of would. It's almost Ukrainian Christmas. Yeah, give me a present in January. That's like a bonus. That it, it, when it all comes on the same day, it feels a little less special, you know. Yeah, I guess. Space so. it out. Get me I something mean, every day. I always, I always tended to get my uh, my Christmas presents uh, after the sales, incidentally. Um, so um, yeah, I'm kind of used to getting them uh, after up. everyone's had theirs. And it, there's <laughs> there's a small amount of joy in that as well. Um, yeah. I used to. Were you one of these people? I don't know if you were. I imagine you kind of were because you're a bit of a Bit of a Uh-oh. bit of a psychopath, okay. um, that you know if you if I get a, like a bunch of Easter eggs, I'd I realized pretty early on that my brother and sister would get the same amount of Easter eggs, and I would I would sit on them, wait till they all kind of gluttoned into. Oh, theirs. I thought you meant literally. I thought you were going to say you literally sat on your brothers and sisters' chocolate eggs. Yeah, and pretended no, that I just laid meant... them. <laughs> I'm yeah, the Easter Bunny, you fuckers. <laughs> now eat it. Now eat it. Merry Christmas. Actually, what? Um, yeah, um, no, I, you I, held I, on to them. I would. I held on to them, and then, and I did the same thing with the royal show. And they ate all their uh, royal show show bag uh, snacks. Treats. Wait. So hold on. You took theirs and held on to it, no, or you sat no. on your own. For we get, ages, we got, so that we they got, were then jealous. We got yeah, we got an equal distribution of show uh-huh. bags or Easter eggs, but I'd I'd wait until they finished all theirs, and then I'd feel like the absolute king, eating all so, of mine and not share. I don't know how this has never come up before. That is the perfect marshmallow test. You held off your own enjoyment for the pure sadistic joy of also getting to eat the exact same amount of chocolate yeah. plus with a right. sprinkling of I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is I'll pa- classic marshmallow. I, I would pass the marshmallow test if it meant the misery that of other others. People <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I think that's also a psychopath. I f- test. I, yeah, I feel like that test is not the marshmallow test. It is the, uh, <laughs> it is, it is the, the sociopath, sociopath test. <laughs> yeah. You, hey, you've now they can they can reuse the labs. Yeah, though. they're mostly they're all set yeah. up already. Same laboratory, yeah. uh, but unfortunately, Michael, you've actually uh, you've actually moved on to the sociopath test. So, same <laughs> same equipment, different test. So, Michael, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna put a marshmallow in front of you, and you can eat that marshmallow now if you want. But I'm gonna go away. And when I come back, I'll give you a second marshmallow and you can kick me in the nuts. <laughs> incidentally, incidentally, uh, my, my show bag of choice was usually the marshmallow show bag. Really? I fucking What's a marshmallow, marshmallow show bag? Who, like, was that um, Melba or something? 
I'm not going to lie to you, Nick. A lot of marshmallows in the marshmallow show. Yeah, I don't mean what the contents are. I want to know who made it. Which store are you going to? This wasn't a Daryl Lee thing, was it? Uh, it wasn't a Daryl Lee. It wasn't into those. I was into the real like plasticky kind of uh, shitty marshmallows. Okay. Yeah. Um, Americanized very much. When was the last time you went to the show? This is the Royal Adelaide show for those playing along at home. <laughs> my my, I never actually. I used to live at Wayville, which is where the show was. Oh yeah, held. you would have been like walking distance. That's actually the best place to be because trying to park at those things was always nightmarish. Right, it's actually the worst place to be, but thanks for bringing it up. Um, you don't. It was the there. worst place to be because you get you get literally every. I remember everyone walking past my house, and you get like the the bloody. Um, I don't want to be judgmental, but it was like the filth of Adelaide. Um, wow, walking past your house was that very judgmental? Um, I, well, I, I'm just not quite sure how you what what is the filth of Adelaide represented just, as? Well, I mean, you, I mean, there's a wide spectrum of people you're talking like go. the country folks who'd been there for the stock show no i'm not you're talking about like the homeless I'm people just, who I'm wanted in talk- to steal kids lollies i mean why would anyone go to the show it's just fucking tacky you went to the show kids. we're talking I, about the fact that you went there okay so hear me out here uh-huh. i i was actually i actually never went into the show properly okay. ever even even though we lived in very close like proximity to away. the show, yeah, uh, we only ever went on a Tuesday after nine pm because it was free. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, Tuesday and... after nine pm is also not prime kids' time. Like that's that's not when like you bring the family in. Correct. That is very correct. Um, no. Um, that's when that's when we went. I mean, but I have grown to hate hate the royal show. Yeah, because it represented everything you couldn't have. Happiness, family connection, marshmallows. So while we're on this, I used to... <laughs> this is uh, more depressing tales from Michael's childhood. You know, my, we actually my... need a jingle for this. The moment we start <laughs> talking about your childhood, we need to actually have like a song that we can play. Yeah, we need a jingle for this, but it's too expensive to Michael afford a Gregorian said. choir. <laughs> but I, my favorite thing when, when I was a kid was cricket. And my dad would sometimes tell Ben and I, he would say, uh, he would just surprise us and be like, boys, let's go. What There'd be a cricket game, Australia versus England at Adelaide Oval. We're going to the cricket. And we we're like, what the fuck? We're actually going to the cricket? We're like, yep, pack your things. We didn't have much. We're going to the cricket. And we'd go there, and what Dad meant by going to the cricket was standing outside the gates and watching in this little slither of a window the game because uh, he didn't actually want to pay to go into the game. Wait. So not like we, sit outside we would and watch, watch on a giant we, screen. No, we would no, no go we to would the watch from a slither of a gate. The bars. I'm not kidding you. What the that's what actual... we would do. Yeah. Wow. It was, uh, yeah. But so I got used to disappointment early on, <laughs> which I, I'm actually grateful for. Yeah. You know, that's a good way of looking at it. I think that was my dad's way of you know, kind of like Mr. Miyagiing me in terms of like, wax look, life's going to be, life's going to be a little disappointing. <laughs> and uh, I grew to understand that. <laughs> he took you to uh, the event and made you watch everyone else having a lovely time. 
yeah. and you sat in and caught glimpses of it and heard people cheers when things happened that you couldn't see. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had broke up, kitted out with full, like, Australia shade. I had a How long would you top. stay there? Like, hours, man. Hours. Yeah, man. Did he um, enjoy no. that? Not sure. Not sure. Um, I think. Was it for him I, or for you? I think it was for us. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I think it was for us. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm genuinely just reflecting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that did happen, though. Gosh. I think it was because we were still grateful, though. <laughs> Well, As yeah, because you, yeah, you'd never been inside. You didn't realize there was anything better to experience. That was still an enjoyable afternoon. Mm. Um, I, I don't regret anything. I'm, gr- I'm thankful. I'm well, thankful. I'm glad. My my parents taught me lessons that they didn't know that were teaching me. <laughs> taught you lessons I they like didn't it. intend. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I was constantly disappointed by things. I was constantly misled. (laughs) But for the most part, I'm actually quite grateful for, um, you know, the my for managing my expectations from from the age of seven. At a certain point, very well. You just get used to disappointment. I mean, that's. I think that's what the lesson was. Yeah. Welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. What a um, what a rousing and exciting start to a really go deep into some psychological stuff from the get go. That's exciting. Um, this is a podcast we talk uh, about the world at large, and we do it from two small bodies. I think that's a compliment. Uh, Seen through the internet with me, Michael Zabrecki. Say hi. Quack quack. Not what I, I asked. Thought that. That. I thought of that before. You thought of the, you saw that you actually prepped that in advance. Yeah, quack uh, quack. My cool. works. I love it. Uh, and my name's Nick Hi Nick Hi. Sorry again for the uh, little bit of the, the the flu this week. If it's a short one or a weird one, well, we're all on drugs. What are we talking about this week, Michael? Um. Yeah, uh, I agree. Let's talk about the island and the person who went to go visit it and then got shot with a bow and arrow and murdered. Yes. I've also got some, some quite interesting anecdotes, but we'll maybe save them for later. But wasn't that... I was captivated by that story, man. I, I could tell really, that I it, really it hit a, Yeah, I could tell it hit a nerve with you, and I'm not sure Didn't if hit a I nerve. saw... No, well, I, I mean... It, I, not, it's not like colloquial, like, yeah. yeah okay. Just like it it resonated. Um, yeah, man. And I, like, I read it, I was like, oh, yeah. But it didn't quite uh, lodge with me. So, can, can can you give a recap to everybody what this situation was in case they didn't see it, and see if you can tell us why it meant something to you? So, I think part of why it meant something to me was because of the guy's age. He was he was I think it was twenty six or twenty seven. So, I think that's always going to be part of it. I always respond a little bit to that, and also because of that age. Whenever something noteworthy happens or someone dies at, um, you know, mid to late 20s, it's kind of, uh, it's always kind of surprising. So, so this kid went to, um, 
the Sentinelese Island, which is an untouched tribe, which is protected by the Indian government. But if you look at it on a map, it is actually kind of halfway in the middle of nowhere between the uh, east coast of India and the west coast of Malaysia, if, if Malaysia even has a coast. So it's kind of just situated in the middle of nowhere. And I had I had been listening. I had what why it hit a nerve with me, Nick, was because I've actually been I watched this documentary on Netflix because called the the Lost Tribes of the Amazon. And I watched this 40, 50 minute documentary and I was just blown away that that there were I mean, you always it's always kind of around that you, you hear of there being tribes that are untouched. But when I watched this documentary on Netflix and they had footage of it, it was so astounding to me that there were people there. I mean, you got this is basically Arrival. You know, you know that, that movie Arrival? Mm. It's basically that, but in the past. It's it's the idea of con, con, like reaching out to a tribe that actually has no fucking idea what you're saying. Mm. And I, I'm just, I fucking, I don't know. It's like it spurs this like excitement in me. That's like, I get really, I feel really excited by it. Yeah. And, um, I think it's like, it's a lot of the, like the unknown, also the idea that there are parts of the world that haven't been, um, modernized or explored modernized or... and all like that's really mm. exciting as well and the Sentinelese tribe are one <laughs> of the uh, f- one of the only Neolithic tribes still in existence and there's probably they're estimating about 50 to 150 of them there um, and yeah so this kid went there on a mission uh, to say uh, he, he wanted to preach the word of God he wanted to. He had been there. It's it's been become apparent in the days since that he's he'd actually travelled there a couple of times before. What was interesting as well was that um, he had gone there the day before, and so he'd what he'd done is he'd gone to some Indian fishermen and asked and paid them money to take him half of the way or three quarters of the way there, and they wouldn't take him any further. And what they had done the day before he actually died, they started thro- they started shooting arrows at him, and one apparently one of the arrows went through his Bible, and we know this from his from his he was keeping a journal, and he instead of taking that as a uh, deterrent, he took that as a sign from God that one of the arrows went through the Bible, so he thought that he it was his duty to come back the next day, and. Uh, and then they shot him with arrows, and um, they the fishermen got scared. They went to check up on him. The fishermen got scared. They've they've since been arrested. Seven of them have been arrested because this tribe is protected by the Indian government. Um, and the, he was last seen being dragged by, tied up in rope, and being dragged by his feet across the island. And now they're in the process of trying to retrieve his body. Mm. Which is another interesting process interesting. because um, the last I heard, which was an article in the New York Times today, that uh, officials have tried to attempt to 
retrieve the body, but it seems that the tribe are actually guarding the body huh. themselves. And so now they're in this story. So, like, there are so many questions. Um, it's, it's, I think, the religious element of it, like, him wanting to, like, wanting to bring Jesus. It was his age. It was the fact that it was a tribe that was untouched. It was the fact that he repeatedly went back. It was the fact that his Instagram I can still go to, which was another thing, which I'm always so enthralled by when there's, a, like, a high-profile case, if it's a murder or something like that. I, you know, I don't know if this is, like, wrong. I don't think it's wrong, It's but it's, like, part of... It adds to, like, the mystery and the story for me that I can... I went to this guy's Instagram page and I'm seeing photos of him from a week ago that he's... Post that he's made a week ago say, like, he's in the um, Andaman... Andaman? Is it under Andaman Sea? Uh, yeah, I think so. Andaman? I had the um, article open. Is it, he's posting photos. Yeah, Andaman. Well remembered. He said he's having such a good time. Um, he's not really kind of alluding to it, but that, like, knowing that that was his fate, but that was only a week ago, and that's still active on Instagram. Like, it just, to me, it was just, like, the most fascinating story ever. And I know, like, everyone's kind of... If everyone's first reaction is to say, like, he's he's a dickhead and stuff. But, like, I, I... Of course, like, I agree with that. But, like, I don't even care that he was an idiot. Like, that's not important. It's so obvious that he wasn't... He was stupidly... He made a dumb choice. He yep. made a dumb choice. But, like, that's not... That's, to me, that doesn't, doesn't take away the interest in this, yeah, in the story. No, the the yeah, it's the 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 story is amazing, um, and I th- I feel I, it's it's kind of annoyed me that like I've been reading all the comments on every article that's come up on it on on social media, and every comment's the same. Like you, you know, it's, oh, the guy had it coming. Like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, can we like can we get past this? And, like, talk about, like, how interesting the story is. But no one's talking about how interesting the story is. They're just talking about how stupid he is. I mean, what what do you want to actually talk about with it, though? I mean, I, I, uh, that sounds dismissive because that's what we're doing on this podcast right now. But uh, what do you wish, like, the news was covering about it? Is it? Do you want to know more about this tribe? Do you want to know more about, like, the missionary side of it? What What is it... You, like beyond the fact that he made this choice, what actually is there that should be discussed in your mind? Yeah, I mean it's it's not unexpected that that this is these are the kind of types of comments that people are making. Yeah, but um, I just wish there was. I mean, a little bit I almost of like some... appreciation for him. Well, and not not even that. Like I I don't have an appreciation in the same in the same way. I think this is kind of in the same vein to me as. You know the guy from Chris McCandless from um, Into the Wild. Right. It was like this, uh, this kind of naive voyage uh, of like spiritual kind of nature, and this you know, Chris Mac- Christopher McCandless, Super Tramp, went into went into the wild, not not too far off a highway, died thinking you know he was doing this grand thing, and I don't know, like it was, <clears throat> I think. There's some part of me that very much responds to it. The, the stupidity the of it that, is included as well. The idea that he had this kind of purpose or this mission, that's kind of like it's a romantic ideal in a way. It is, like it the is idea very much of so. Like, 
I have this, I'm on a, like literally a, a hero's journey. You know, I've set out, I've left the place I was to go and do the thing. It, that's it's, totally it. It's, you know, there's a reason why that sort of resonates because it's like a classic storytelling trope, isn't it? You know, it is. Guy yeah. goes off to like change the world. Yeah. Um, and, and with grandiose notions of, of wanting to change it out of change things. And of course, in hindsight, it's stupid, but I, I can't help but sympathize with the, the idea that the guy has romanticized it to the point where they have died. And, mm. and he totally knew he was going to die. He totally knew it. He, you think? he wrote he wrote in his journal. Right. He wrote in his journal that uh, I mean, he said, "Don't, um, don't uh, attack it. If I die for this, um, it is not their fault." Um, he 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 had said in his journals, like just days previous, that yeah, that, that he, he went into it he with eyes just, open. He, he knew it, but I think there's this like part of part of the brain that's that part that spurs you on the part that that if it works people make movies about you or write books about you if it works do you think it but, had that it had that sort of do you think he was considering the uh external perception of his actions at all i well, mean he I had mean, to be in a little bit because he believed in god and he believed that god was calling on him to do that right so he 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 felt at least a religious calling that he was being judged on his actions to do it. But do you well, think he was self-aware enough about, you know, society too, or thinking, well, at least if I go out, I mean, what an ending. Well, what's, what's interesting is that I imagine that the, his motive, part of his motivation to do this is probably part of the same motivation that terrorists have. To commit acts, like wouldn't you say? Like it's like Notarized. a willingness, a willingness to die, but thinking that you're in such a good place that if you believe in God so much that you, if even if you die, you are die, you're dying a martyr. In the name of God, yeah. And he he certainly thought of himself as a martyr. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to um, compare his line of thinking with that of a terrorist. No, I don't think what he did was a terrorist act. But I think you're right. No. I see the correlation in terms of his uh, fervor of purpose. Totally. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I mean, the idea, uh, as you say, that there are these untouched tribes out there is is this kind of uh, historical fascination, isn't it? Everything from Indiana Jones, like, oh, we found the temple in the jungle to which is the, the kind of the adventure side of it, just to, as you say, almost from the sci-fi perspective of imagine like these, these people can't even comprehend what our society is because their frame of reference to it is so, so, so narrow. Uh, yeah. Or, and, or, I mean, they've got, they've got <clears throat> photos, part of, sorry to cut you off, but part of, right. I'm really excited about this, but like part of the, part of the footage that we have of these people is, is helicopter footage of them shooting arrows at a helicopter. And yeah. can, I mean, can you imagine that? They're like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah. And shooting arrows at like, um, yeah. And then like 
part of the effort to try and retrieve the body, I, I can imagine that. It's, yeah, it's, How, like, who do you send to do that, right? Do they I, have I, someone who they know has interacted with them in the past? But or? they can't do that. They can't do that because they've they've had anthropologists in the past that have tried to do that, and they yeah. have they have been remorseful for one about even trying to do it. Who and have? the anthropologists? anthropologists. Yeah, right. there, there was an article that came out. They were like, "Oh, we shouldn't be interfering with them." Full stop. There was an anthropologist that did make contact with this tribe, yeah. who is now. Uh, there was a, that was in like the early eighties or late seventies, and he yeah. has written an essay in the New York Times the other day that that said uh, that he deeply regretted even trying. And they've come all all the time. They've they've for come what with, reason? Because he meddled in their culture. By being uh, there, or like I don't think that they, uh, I think culturally it was, like understand even what he was trying to do. I think with like th- it was pointless. Well, there's there's a couple of things. I think there's first of all there's a sense of there is a almost a perceived sense of arrogance, whichever way you cut it, when you're coming to these tribes that you're either um, they are. You're like, oh, we don't want to. We want to leave them be, even though you know that they may not su- be surviving as well as they could be. Uh-huh. There's also um, the idea that um, these, a lot of these tribes, don't have any protections to illnesses at True. all. So there's that. There's that element, and then there's also, um, I mean, the, even if you do want to help them with good intentions. Uh, it's almost an arrogant notion as well that that they should be saved or that um, that what they have is is not you know, what they should Valid be. It's or sufficient. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a very complicated thing. I don't think I don't think there is a clear answer. Even if you, I don't think there's a clear answer at all. It's mm. very um, it's very confusing. Um, but I'm. All of this, uh, all of this, this is all part of it. This is why I love it because yeah. it's uh, it's philosophical, um, and um, I, I haven't stopped thinking about this story. Honestly, mm. um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, the Lost Tribes of the Amazon uh, doco that you're watching. Did that have that had footage of those tribes? Like, were they less hostile to? Uh, humans than these ones or are all the people that they've you know that we think of as untouched are they all similarly uh, yeah resistant to outsiders so some of some of them some of them were and some of them weren't the depressing thing for me was that the the tribe in for the that was in question for the majority of the of the documentary actually ended the documentary in Nike and Adidas shirts, and they, ca- they came around to that because the the anthropologist concluded that it was um, <clears throat> I don't know what the word is, but um, they they thought that it was. I want to say gawkish, but I don't even know what that word means. Um, they didn't want it to be like this exhibit, and they they felt guilty that they could help this tribe with warm clothes, 
they, they had clothes to give them um, and they weren't giving it to them. And They, they gave them and, their and, own and, clothes? No, they, oh, had they, clothes, they, they got had like, clothes to give them. They'd been supplied like sponsored clothes or they just like bought clothes and those clothes were Nike clothes. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't sponsored. It wasn't necessarily Nike, but it was it was yeah, it was like um, um, it was just clothes, yeah. branded modern clothes. Yeah, as opposed to the clothes that they had fashioned for themselves. Yeah, um, and and yeah, I mean the tribe in this documentary was very happy to receive those clothes for one, and then you could also see it becoming. I mean. If you see someone in like a, they're just wearing a like a, a extra an XL kind of Adidas shirt, yeah. Like, it, like your first thought in in our context and in our society is that like that that's not like a great look. It's gonna it's like that looks poor, but for this for this particular tribe, they that was that becoming, was a status symbol. That was yeah. becoming a status symbol that amongst themselves they had just been dressing themselves in leaves or whatever clothes that they'd fat like little things that they'd fashioned around them their waist to cover to cover their genitals but giving them a nike shirt was then you were the, like the guy so that was that was interesting as well i can't believe that the anthropologists uh, I don't know. I decided I that mean, that it was the, outcome. the purpose of. I mean, surely the 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 premise and the entire mantra of anthropology is being a fly on the wall, yeah. not fucking up with the fucking. I mean, shit. I get but, if it's like, uh, hey, these people are freezing, and they're actively like dying, and yeah. we have like a jumper. And you give them something that's like warmth giving. That's one thing. But if it's like, hey, you know, you're just shirtless in the jungle. Do you want this like sweet cardigan? Yeah. It's like this totally different takeaway to it. I'm very, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that that was the outcome of it. Like, oh, well, you know, we'll just give him some fancy, you know, 90% breathable cotton t-shirts. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I encourage you to watch the. Yeah, the I might have to. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it, it is kind of fascinating because the ultimate, like, reality show premise of of this kind of ilk, is something that would never happen. But the dream show is take the take a a, a young person out of one of these tribes and transplant them to the real world, right? Like that's the hypothetical apex, right. isn't it? See what see what they think of the actual society you know out there in the world it's kind of like it's it's super amish right it like amish go on the uh, uh, rumspringer or, or whatever it's yeah. called to yeah. go off and see the world and and see the vices and pleasures of the fully modern society but that even in itself has a degree of you know uh post dark ages uh, you know uh, their hunter you know, gatherer, farmer sort of types. And mm. you describe these as like Neolithic, right? Um, yeah. So it's, it's the barely like... Were Neolithic, yeah. Yeah, it's barely like Stone Age. Yeah. Um, well, so they the, are, I, they're, they're one of the last remaining Stone Age tribes. That, yeah. Yeah. So the Amazing. idea of, 
of taking something um, thousands of years old and transplanting them into... <laughs> I mean, it just... It, it would be... I think you. I think the only outcome, and I think the reason it would never happen, well, one of millions, but the only outcome, the only possible effect it could have on the person is madness, right? You just couldn't, you couldn't wrap your head around it. It's like us being zapped up by an alien spaceship and you go off and, and end up in like intergalactic society. It's just... Totally. And it's something that we, you, we, you and I have um, always come back to, I feel like, in this podcast. Yeah. Over the last four years, which is, I feel like it's come back a lot of times, which has been the idea of, of plonking a caveman out and bringing them into modern day. I think yeah. that's been something that we, we've Definitely. discussed yeah. a lot. And I, I love that idea. I honestly idea. think it was like episode four or something, like really early. But it, it often <coughs> comes back yeah. as well that, that, um, that, I mean, because we're kind of, we're kind of living it. Uh, we could also be living it as well. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Like, like that's actually something like we were talking about it from sci-fi, but if you just took one of these people that exist right now and moved them over to like Times Square, you would have that exact same situation in real life right now. Right. And then also, I also, I also imagine myself, uh, being cryogenically frozen and waking up in 2000 years. You want to be well. Futurama. Like, I, I fucking want that as well. Like it's, it's, it's all of that. It's, it's all of that combined. And also like having this tribe and like, we can't really study them that much because they are so hostile, but, but it's also, if we, if we can work out a way to study them from afar, it's Isn't such it- a great opportunity to study a, I mean, learn about ourselves by watching this true ancient, a, a real glimpse peoples. of the past. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, that is one of those uh, extraterrestrial hypotheses, isn't it? That uh, that if there were uh, civilizations, intelligent life out there in the universe, uh, it's probable that one of the rules that those societies would have for the handling of you know, lesser species who haven't yet reached that level of understanding about the universe would be a do not interfere rule. You know, right. you've got to, you've got to see if the civilization civilization can get itself into the space age, into a certain level of scientific understanding before you can interfere with them. And yeah. it's, it's that same kind of, you know, anthropological um, hypothesis or approach that we apply to those, uh, you know, uh, tribes and civilizations that have not yet got themselves out of that era. Yeah, man. And and there there has to be a sacredness about it because it's like we've we've expanded, we've spread ourselves so much over the globe that the idea that we haven't fucked up one area, one island, is really amazing well, that's, as well. That's romantic as well. I mean, it we is literally romantic. just know that they they murdered someone because of their outsider status, you know, like that's, there's not like a perfect ideal. It's no, not, it's not Eden. No, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying, I'm saying in the same way that we would, uh, want to, uh, harvest and not harvest. Fuck. <laughs> fuck <laughs> really bad choice of word. <laughs> um, like kind of, um, 
foster a endangered species. It's sure. Like the like idea a that preservation we, effort almost. I think the I like it, when I, when I think of humans, I feel like we've just spread ourselves the whole way over the globe, and I kind of like the idea that that this one pocket of the world that that they they don't know, or yeah. even though clearly we have. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Tell me, uh, you had a bit of a story or something you wanted oh, to Oh, yeah, me. so, fuck. So, um, so, Em and I were living at this place. So, two weeks ago, we, it was raining very heavily. We got flooded. Flooded, was, flooded how? There's a unit above us. Uh-huh. And apparently, there was rain coming in from the unit above us, coming down walls and coming into the carpet here ah. and so in our in our master bedroom the whole carpet had flooded so we had how we had did it get in upstairs through the roof the roof oh. was caving in upstairs oh so that happened two weeks ago we had to get cleaners in rip up the carpet they they've got dryers in there dried it for three days ripped up the carpet dried it for three days yeah and then uh and then yeah, the yeah agent the agents were like, we hope this doesn't happen again. Anyway, <laughs> last week got robbed. What? Got fucking robbed, man. Did they take your um, washing machine? Don't have a washing machine. Oh, that's lucky. Uh, thankfully, but they took so that my mine and Emma's laptop were on the table here. Yeah. They jimmied the door open. The door's still busted. They've Cracked it open with a crowbar or something. Um, and taken, they didn't take the laptops. The police came and dusted the house for fingerprints. Oh, did they actually? Yeah. Wow. Last week, dusted the house. They said they didn't take the laptops because, so I came home. This is funny. I came home. Everyone, Michael's there was a, got something funny that he's about to say. Yeah. Funny time, guys. Funny time. About to happen. I came home, there was an hour window that I wasn't in and Emma wasn't in. And I came home and uh, there were a bunch of like CDs that I didn't know that I even <laughs> had. Like in, in the study, just like chucked out. And then all of Emma's drawers in the bedroom were emptied out onto the bed. And so I sent, I came home and I sent Emma a message saying, you left the house in a bit of a state, didn't you? Like... <laughs> And she was like, no, no, I didn't. I, I bet and she I was looked like, at her phone. She's like, fuck off, Michael. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, she definitely did. And, you know, she, I mean, this is, yeah, I probably shouldn't say any of that. Anyway, um, I thought it was just her being defensive. And I was like, well, you did. Like, you, the house is a bit of a mess. <laughs> what a, what a ridiculous, uh, just, just, take an, just take an objective what? step back here. You've walked into a crime scene, right? The house is a... Sh- I didn't no, but know just that. I didn't know just that. Just take an objective step back. Look at the situation through the lens of Seinfeld, right? You've walked into a house. The door's been jimmied open with a crowbar. There's shit everywhere. <laughs> there's CDs. There's drawers pulled out in your bedroom. The, the, there's no carpet anywhere, of course, because it's all been damp and ripped <laughs> out. The house is an absolute mess. And you go, ugh. My bloody girlfriend's left the place in a bit of a state. You send her a text and she says, no, what are you talking about? And you go, well, it is. 
this is just the most objectively absurd premise. <laughs> and then uh, to think... The funny thing is, uh, even in your Seinfelded version, <laughs> that's exactly what I know. happened. Uh, because the do- when I walked home, the door was wide open. <laughs> As well, so I I, I got I got in and had a go at her about the mess and the fact that she left the, the door, door open. wide open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she was like, "No, I haven't." So we got into a bit of an argument <laughs> over text, and then she was like, "Send me photos of the mess that I made. Yeah. Go on, send me photos." And then I sent her photos of the thing, and uh, and then she was like, "Yeah, bro, I I did not do that at all." And then I turn. I changed my my mood changed very quickly uh, after hearing that she didn't do uh-huh. that. And I proceeded to go around to all the cupboards. We, I grabbed a knife. Uh-huh. Once I realised we'd been robbed, I went around to all the walk-in uh-huh. cupboards, not walk-in, uh, and then and opened them and go, huh! you know, with the with the. Knife. Oh, you mean like right um, human size, not like chest of drawers. Yes. Not someone like hiding no. in your midget drawer. I didn't think we'd get. Uh, no, I wasn't expecting to be robbed by a midget. I <laughs> 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 just tucked himself away in the sock drawer. <laughs> it's like, fuck, they've heard I'm here. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so they made off with uh, um, mostly Emma shit, which has been great. <laughs> what did they um, take? They took a GoPro, a camera. Um, her Kindle. They didn't take the laptops. The police said that they didn't take the laptops because um, they. It's not. It's difficult to move. Oh right, yeah. So they they they're just looking for quick shit. They're looking for cash. Yeah. They're looking for jewelry. Yeah. Um, shit, they can move quickly. Yeah. So they did that. Plus, and, they uh, would it, presumably they wouldn't be able to get in either. Like, you, but you both got Apple yes, laptops, right? right? So yeah. it's a real pain yeah, to actually both. try and wipe if you don't have the password. Yeah, and we can we can track that yeah. easily. Yeah. So anyway, that 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 happened, and then um, a couple of days later, we got it rained heavily again, and the floor, which had just been dried, got completely like even worse than before. So they didn't fix whatever complete... the leak was upstairs. They they didn't fix it. They they didn't fix it. They just they literally said to us in an email, "I hope this doesn't happen again." And it's happened again, even worse. Yeah. So we've had to move everything to one side of the house. Uh, all the mattresses. We've been living, like, I've been sleeping on the couch. Emma's been sleeping on the couch in the other room. Um, <laughs> well, did, it get, like, yeah, the, asked, did it get the bed and mattresses soaked as well? Uh, they soaked, They yeah, they soaked a bit of the mattress, but that, like, that wasn't are they, a prime Are concern. they going to, like, pay for this shit? So we've, we have asked. We have we sent them an email like a couple of days ago, just saying um, we we want basically we ha- basically it's been a f- it was five days last yeah. time. So after we tell them for them ripping up the carpet, blowing it for three days, uh, it's like that's a five days, and then this time it's been like five days. Then the guy came today and said it's not dry yet, so now it's going to be like ten days. Yeah. So we've we've basically asked them for half the rent. Yeah. Of the month back. Yeah. Um, what about the damage so we're to, wait, the, we're waiting to like, back. the mattress and shit? Uh, I mean, the, the damage to the mattress, we kind of just let that go. It was it was kind of wet, but it wasn't. I mean, I think that's also pr- that's also uh, an insurance issue more than 
Uh, yeah, it just depends whether there. they want to go through that hassle because, you know, it's like a two-way street, isn't it? Like you could go to insurance and then that insurance would go to their insurance, you know? And it's it's a question yeah. of like, do you want to get it like formally done or do you just want to deal with this and like leave the insurance out of it, you know? Yeah. Well, we're kind of we're kind of hoping that like we feel like we've been pretty reasonable, yeah. and we're, we're not really the type of people that really <coughs> want to stir it up. I mean, my dad, my dad was so fucking funny, man. Like, yeah, uh, I asked him about this stuff because he's pretty good with it. I mean, and by good with it, I mean like driving people down into the ground for a buck. <laughs> um, and I asked him about. I I was like, are we being out of line asking for some uh, for some rent back? And he was like, hell no. And then uh, he was like, "What about damage to the property?" I was like, "Oh, we got a, we got, we got a bit of the mattress wet, but it's all good. <laughs> like it's dried out pretty quickly." And he sent me a message back saying, "Sounds like a four hundred dollar mattress just got ruined." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that I really disagree with him, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like he's got a point, but like I, yeah, I mean, that's not really my vibe, but, um, yeah. He, he's been very good about it, actually. Um, God, I hope this time they fucking fix the roof. Yeah. Oh, so apparently the unit above us. Oh, um, it must have been trashed even had, worst. So we had the SES out. We had to call the SES wow. because it, it happened on Friday last week. Yeah. And we didn't know what to do. We called the agent past office hours. Yeah. And they were like, we're actually closing up here, so you're going to have to call the SES. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. So that cool. And, uh, and, then, and then we spoke to the SES, and um, apparently the, the unit above us had to get evacuated because the roof is actually caving in. Jesus. Oh, and on top of this, get this. Nick. Okay. On top of this, bought a pair of sunglasses in preparation for summer. <laughs> Um, off ASOS, fifty dollars used oh, after pay. So oh, yeah. still ten bucks a week, but yeah, still you can anyway, you can make that work. After all this flooding and robbing, yeah, I oh, was looking to forward to this, as you can imagine. Yeah. So I was tracking this, got estimated delivery. I was like, ooh, going to finish work, going to come home. My sunglasses going to be there. Oh yeah, got a got a text, got an email Uh-oh. saying, yeah, four p four forty five p.m. Your glass, your your package ASOS has been package delivered. has been delivered. Like, oh, mama, raced home at five o'clock. They were baby sunglasses. No sunglasses. No sunglasses in my letterbox. Oh no! It's, so I rang the post office, and they they have to legally take a photo of of uh, the delivery of the package entering the letterbox. Turns out they had delivered it in there. But because it's in a parcel, like not a parcel, like in a, one of those ASOS bags, you know. Yeah, satchel. It was delivered in there. Someone had pinched it out of our letterbox. Disgusting. What is the world coming to? Fucking hell. So I didn't even get that small joy in my life. What, but can you go so back, I, like, can you get that claimed? No, I, I, like ASOS won't take responsibility for it. The post office have got photographic evidence that it was delivered. So I just lost that. I'm so sorry, buddy. That's a really sad oh, end to this podcast. I'm so... I know. <sighs> yeah. Maybe we should um we should perk ourselves up with a little bit of mailbag. What do you think? Do we... <laughs> we can, unless if we go to mailbag segment and it turns out that there's no mail. 
in there. Well, I haven't checked. It's been stolen by robbers. I haven't checked. Should, do you want to? Do you want to spin the roulette on another on another uh, male story this week and uh, see I'm, whether or I'm not... predicting? I'm predicting that a deep felt mailbag has been. Uh, ransacked. Maybe that's what's been happening all robbers. these weeks when we've been yeah. getting these amazing emails and someone's been going <laughs> yeah. in there and taking them away. Actually, it would be a nice scapegoat, okay. actually. Yeah, that makes a lot it of sense. It would make me feel better. Play the jingle. Go on. Mailbag, mailbag, it's the weekly mailbag. Deep thoughts, mailbag. Holy sh- shite. No. Don't. Holy Don't. shit! Don't. Oh, my sunglasses there. Fuck. <laughs> In digital oh, form. <laughs> shit, Michael. Oh god. Oh, Mikey. Don't. Don't Mikey, you dare. Mikey, Mikey. Don't you dare, you naughty little boy. Mikey, you Don't naughty, get me excited like this. So, Mikey, Mikey. Come on, Mikey. We got some. Uh, we got some emails here in this old mailbox. Yeah. How, okay. What percentage? Guess, however, is guess spam? how many emails? How many fresh emails we got? How? Wait, including spam? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Emails total. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just classic. I'm gonna say. Just classic. And interviews. when was the last time you opened them up? Oh, I think you'd have to check the tapes. I'm not sure. It's been a month, probably a month and a bit. I don't. I don't check other than when we're doing. A I'm podcast. gonna guess four emails, <laughs> including <laughs> spam, and they are all spam. <laughs> Marky, my friend, we have eight emails. Oh. Eight how emails. Much, how much is spam? How much is spam? Uh, let's go through them one by one, shall we? Uh, monetize your podcast segment. with Dynamo. Brilliant. Sarah from Dynamo has got in touch to tell me about a free podcast monetization tool that allows me to dynamically add insert. Well, yeah. I don't need that, Dynamo, because we don't I... Have to read, we don't have to read the spam ones out. I don't need your services, Dynamo, because I have the wonderful... <laughs> cleaning power of preen preen get those spots out of your shirt with just one simple spray preen actually you're right i love the idea of responding to all of our spam emails (laughs) (laughs) carry on as you were carry on and if you dedicated default listeners want to experience the joys of freshly crispy starchy shirts please go to preen.com.au forward slash uh, podcast and use the promo code Deep Fort. Do we uh, have any sponsors yet? I'm amazed we don't have any sponsors. Oh yeah, I'm amazed that we don't have <laughs> any sponsors. Thank you, Dynamo, but also <laughs> no, thank you, Dynamo. Uh, email number two: Monetize your podcast with Dynamo. Oh, Sarah is a very sake. dedicated person. She's come back a second time because it's easy and free. But uh, we can skip past that to our third email. Uh, monetize your podcast with Dynamo, <laughs> Sarah. Sarah, you're not getting the you're not getting the message here, honey. But uh, I look, I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, good news is, Did you say honey, honey. Yeah, I'm a friendly oh, well. guy. I'm just like, yeah, he's not like not a friendly guy these days. Hey, honey, thanks for your message. Uh, email number four. That's thankfully not from Dynamo. It's from PayPal. Our monthly statement oh, is now available. We need to Jesus. get onto that. Uh, email number five, though. A receipt for my payment. I used our PayPal account to buy the Tom York Suspiria soundtrack. So um, it's just said that through. Um, if you, you yeah, bought it. Why I did bought you it. buy it? I bought it. I bought it ages ago. This is from. <laughs> Why did you buy it? Mid October. Um, like Spotify? Like you have it. No, no, I think it's a physical collection. 
I have it on disc. Uh, but here's where things start to get interesting, my friend. Three, <laughs> three emails to go. Uh, an email here from a certain... Uh, well, let me read the subject. It's called Climate Catastrophe. Uh, it's from a... Yeah. It's, it's a familiar name. It's from someone called Emma. Do you know an Emma? Yes. I, a- I an Emma. Actually. Emma has sent, uh, sent, sent through an email. This was... <laughs> <laughs> on the 16th of October. So it's oh, only yeah. taken us about five or six weeks. Uh, I'll read it aloud. Emma says, hi, Nick and Michael. Solid app, which is a pretty good burn for the first sentence. Uh, thank you for delivering it to my ears while I am being the ham in a stranger sandwich on the tram. Speaking of ham, I wanted to point you in the direction of Less Meat, Less Heat, an NPO that I used to volunteer for. They promote a climatarian diet, a diet with reduced meat consumption, particularly beef and lamb, to help address climate change. Here are some facts, emoticon. 50%, brackets, 50% with two exclamation marks. She was very she was very excited by this. 50% of Australian greenhouse gas emissions come from livestock agriculture. Livestock agriculture emissions are greater than those from the entire global transport sector. Brackets, that's fucked. Methane from cow farts is 86 times more powerful at warming the climate than carbon dioxide. Phasing out beef, lamb and dairy reduces the cost of staying below 2 degrees of warming by 25% and is only 1% more costly than that offered by a global transition to veganism. If meat consumption increases at current rates by 2050, global GHG, that's greenhouse gases, from agriculture will have increased by 76%. If we all reduced our meat consumption by 25%, it could result in a 51% decline in agricultural GHG emissions over the same period. Agriculture takes up 58% of Australia's land and drives 80% of deforestation. There are many more facts where they came from, but I have to do some work now, so I'll leave them to you to read. Choose life, choose Lord of the Fries, your number nine fan, Emma. Um, what a it's bit. It's it's nerd. it's lovely to hear someone finally taking my side and saying that you should be vegetarian, Michael, um, and to stop just cheaply resorting to meat because it makes you feel happy. You know she's making me uh, use a keep cup now. I can't even get a takeaway coffee. And you I, loved getting a takeaway coffee. I did. And then just crunching it at the end, just like finish your latte and just, you know, that satisfactory yeah. like finish my coffee. I did love that. Uh, the oh. the every 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 coffee I have to put in a keep cup, I uh, <clears throat> I buy an, I, a water bottle, um, in plastic, and uh, <laughs> throw it in the river. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, she's very environmentally. Um, she's very good. She's very environmentally. Um, it feels a little bit ego driven. Feel... Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> feels a little bit uh, uh, rude as a foreigner to know so much about Australia's badness. I think if rude, yeah. if, you, if you're staying in our country, you know, I think part of it is you should also, you know, throw a like lob an offensive thing back about your homeland. I, yeah. I agree. Tip I mean, you're tat. saying this from New Zealand where you live, but <laughs> sure. Tip um, for tat. I think hey, and I know, you know, uh, you don't, don't hear tip. me evangelizing don't say tip, New Nick. Zealand. This, this is a children's show. Titties for tat. <laughs> is that the thing? Uh, two more emails. One from Sean Lewis. This uh, is, it's, just, it's just a, it's, you've got a beef, reels. I've got beef with John. Okay, let's get the beef out. Because that's what, what we've is. learned. Okay. Uh, titled a question, and this is this is more this is more just a question. This is just 
Just a, just a question. We take this on notice. Michael Zabrecki. In a small what? town. It's addressed to me. No. In a small town, at the foot of the mountains, there is a village. And in the village, there is a barber's shop. And the barber shaves all the men in the village who do not shave themselves. Does the barber shave himself or not? Really? It's a riddle. Do you want to hear it again? Yeah. In a I love sm- this. In a small also, town. I, lo- I do love Sean. In I've a had... small town. At the yeah. foot of the mountains, there's a village. And in the village, there is a barber's shop. And the barber shaves all the men in the village who do not shave themselves. Does the barber shave himself or not? Unclear. Doesn't, that doesn't... <laughs> cool. Thank you for your email, Sean. <laughs> evidence. What's the answer? Does he provide the answer? There, there is no answer provided. I think... They, he does not provide... He does not shave... He shaves all the men... Who do not shave themselves? Yeah, well, the information has not been given, so we don't know. The answer is we don't know. I think you're right. I think that it is actually a paradox. If he shaves all the men who don't shave themselves, then if he's the one who shaves, then it's just like it's in a circle. You need to know whether or not he shaves himself to know whether he'd shave himself. So Fuck you, Sean. Fuck you. Wow. It's been a also, real roller coaster for Sean. First he went from being hated to big love and now it's back to fuck you again. Thanks um, for the artwork. <laughs> I think the answer is that the barber's a woman. <laughs> hey. She doesn't shave herself because she oh. doesn't need shaving. Oh didn't why, think about hey, that, did you? Hold on, no, hold on, Mo, Nick. Hold on, Mo. Hold on. Why why wouldn't a woman need shaving though, Nick? Because women don't have hair, Mark. Excuse you never met me, a woman. Nick. Excuse me Have very much, actually. Have you never met a woman? Tears I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, last email. Gosh, so many emails. Uh, <laughs> this is a question from our number nine fan, Emma. <laughs> it says, hello, my one true love and Michael. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That was a good, yeah. Uh, I just love you. I'm so yes. glad. Uh, when did policing slash laws start? Did cavemen have a law enforcing individual? What do you think the world would be like if there are no laws or anyone to enforce them? Goodbye. I think that's interesting enough that we, we bank it for another episode. Take it as a comment. Definitely. Yep. That was a mailbag. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that got, that got, uh, that got fairly good. That, that, <laughs> that developed into a solid, uh, yeah. Uh, if you've enjoyed this kind of stuff or you want to send us an email, well, there are so many ways that you can get in touch. You can jump on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash deep four. You can jump on the Twitters, twitter.com slash deep four. You can send us an email as all of these eight wonderful people, excluding Sarah, did uh, deep four at gmail.com. And you can jump onto the iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. It's the most important way that you can help us <laughs> other than by buying Preen and going to preen.com.au forward slash podcast, entering the promo code deep four and get an extra squeezy nozzle. If you've ever run out of nozzle for your preen <laughs> bottle well you'll get a second one if you use our promo code uh that's everything that's a lot that's all we've got that's the end that was good that was yeah. good i appreciate that I, I mean, 